AM 1600 KIVA, BQ.FM, I'm in here about the Rock'em Talk. Right from the Hotel Stanton in El Paso, Texas, where Blue Origin is taken off this morning. And we're here with Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria, the one and only Jeffrey Candelaria, every Saturday at 1 p.m. He's here in the Kiva interviewing various guests and important components to this wonderful city of Albuquerque which uh, is one of the 20th oldest uh, cities in the entire country. Glad to be a part of his program, his guests, and what he offers each and every day, each and every Saturday here in the Kiva. Jeffrey, how are you? Take it away. Thank you, Eddie. I appreciate that. Live from uh, El Paso, Texas. By the way, Eddie, my wife and I were in El Paso a couple of years ago, and there's this amazing steakhouse on the interstate, uh-huh. I believe it's east of El Paso, maybe about 15-mile drive. Okay. And they serve the most amazing tomahawk bone-in ribeye oh, wow. I have ever had. Wow. So uh, check it out. All right. That sounds good. I think we're going to try the 1700 this evening. And uh, we want to uh, you know, always encourage people to make Albuquerque a better place by exploring other places and you know, Albuquerque is one of those great cities, and uh, we're only, it's so nice to see, Jeff, when people really love their place where they live and how much they love their city, and Albuquerque can be such a place. That's one of the reasons why I like to venture off into some of these other places, and El Paso is a place uh, that, uh, you know, if we're competing in the dog and pony shows, Albuquerque will lose to El Paso almost every single time, so it's up to us to go ahead and get the city going and the state going and your program and your advertisers are certainly part of that. So thanks so much for what you do. Take it away. Thank you again, Eddie Otter Thank you, Eric, for uh, producing today. This is Jeffrey Candelaria. Uh, again, thanks for tuning in. Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. We're with you every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. on the Rock of Talk, 1600 a.m. Tell your friends we have this great technology where you can uh, tune in through video Roku, Roku, right, Eric? Roku and download the Rock of Talk app, right? That is correct. Eric? Rockoftalk.check, rockoftalk.tv. And then you can also uh, tune in to the show uh, the old-fashioned way by listening to 1600 AM. Tell your friends if you'd like to sponsor the show, get a hold of me at jeffrey.candy.77 at gmail.com. I'd like to, before I introduce my guest, and one of my sponsors, Ben Mochek, with S3 Technology, like to recognize Fundaxi, as you know, on Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. We're very community-minded. We're very uh, philanthropic in terms of our orientation. So through a partnership with Fundaxi, a local company here at Pizza 9, we have some fundraising activities taking place very soon. So on March 29th, I believe that's next Tuesday, we are sponsoring a fundraiser fundraiser that will support UNM Western Regional Honors and Western Regional uh, UNM uh, students and folks that are endeavoring to pursue their careers at UNM, particularly in the medical field. So if you go to Cello Grill on the 29th, we will be supporting uh, UNM students particularly the UNM Western Regional Honors Council. Also, we are doing a fundraiser on the 31st, which I believe is next Thursday, 
to help support New Mexico Heat 7-on-7 Travel Football Program. We do all kinds of support for all kinds of endeavors, including New Mexico Heat 7-on-7 Travel Football Program. If you go to any Pizza 9, Revel Burger, Pedericos, or Revel Burger inside Revel Entertainment Center on the 31st, you will uh, not only enjoy great food, but you'll also be supporting uh, New Mexico Heat 7-on-7 Travel. If you'd like more information about participating as a beneficiary to some of our fundraising, you can also get a hold of me at jeffrey.candy77 at gmail.com. Again, if you'd like to sponsor this show, jeffrey.candy77 at gmail.com. All right. I'd like to recognize my guest and also a sponsor of Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. We had been on about a month and a half, two months ago, but there's obviously been the unfortunate uh, presence of, you know, Ukraine and Russia. We have, we're on the precipice of possibly a global war. And with that, unfortunately, some pernicious, unfortunate threats of cyber attack coming from Russia that not only would affect Europe, Eastern Europe specifically, but perhaps uh, the United States and other industrial uh, uh, countries as well. And because of that threat, I wanted all of my listeners on Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelier to be re-reminded of how we can be more vigilant in securing our, particularly our businesses, our computers, our homes, and infrastructure from cybercrime. So with that, I'd like to recognize S3 Technology owner, Ben Morchek. Welcome to Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria, Ben. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So since we met a couple of months ago, the world has again changed. At that particular time, we were still in the midst of, in a sense, the concluding uh, portion of uh, COVID-19 or the Chinese virus. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, Ben, that when... New Mexico being one of the last states that ultimately opened up, right? Mm -hmm. Literally almost the next day, Putin attacked uh, Ukraine. So again, all the stresses on our psychology, you know, as just being the human experience. Here we went from two years of the stresses and the economic, uh, you know, stresses and inconveniences because of supply chain issues, uh, people not working because of COVID, Chinese virus. Then you move into the precipice of World War III. And again, new issues with cyber threats, supply chain issues, and all of that. So because of those issues, I wanted you to be back on the show. Yeah, it's um, we, we went from a pandemic to a global crisis, which will turn into, I don't know, a famine on the African continent because of the grain that's produced in Ukraine and uh, as well as Russia. I mean, we're, we're headed into some really dangerous times. Yeah. In fact, yesterday or day before, Biden, who just, to me, he's just utterly incompetent and he just reads off talking points and teleprompters. I don't know that he's had an extemporaneous thought in his adult life. But anyway, he said something publicly addressing the American people that I thought it was extremely disturbing. He said, there will be food shortages across the world, including the United States. And keep in mind, when a president of the United States 
knowing that his approval levels are so low and that the congressional uh, number of seats are in play in a couple of months says out loud, there will be food shortages. You know damn well that it will affect all Americans in some capacity in terms of food, right? I, I, I guess what bothers me is what, where is the confidence? Hey, we're going to be okay instead of this doom and gloom message. You know, I, I, what, what I would like to hear from the leader of the free world is, hey, things are going to get rough, but we're going to get through it, not, hey, we're all going to die. I, I just, the signaling is uh, just completely wrong. Yeah, his messaging is, it's very sober. It's very negative. And he, he spends more time being cons, you know, considerate of not being blamed than offering solutions to problems. Oh, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. As opposed to, well, here's a strategy, a practical strategy that's going to affect positively in the short and long run, you know, the American population. We don't hear that from the, the administration. Yeah, I went from um, blaming 45 for everything. Now it's Putin for everything. I mean, uh, at some point there has to be some kind of accountability. Absolutely. The topic today is cybersecurity, cybercrime, and the threat of cybercrime affecting almost every aspect of the human condition, whether it's food, whether it's access to information, technology, convenience, transportation. I mean, cybersecurity has its fingerprints on almost every aspect of our, you know, of our quality of life. Before we get into some of those specifics, talk a little bit about your background, your expertise, your company, and why you're, as a local person with all this expertise, the person to call when somebody is uh, dealing with a cybersecurity issue? Well, I've been in the IT uh, industry for about, oh, 22, 23 years. Um, you know, started off uh, just doing contract work, you know, and just piddling around with computers. Uh, got a really good opportunity with a financial uh, services firm here in uh, New Mexico and did that for about six years. And the opportunity came up uh, to go out with another group. And so I did so in uh, 2010. Uh, bought out the last business partner in 14. I've been doing it ever since. Uh, we focus on IT security uh, and services as well uh, for industries that have compliance, whether it's red flags with, uh, with car dealerships, whether it's HIPAA and high tech uh, for medical, as well as DOD and DOE that have to follow by NIST um, and CMMC. So, yeah. yeah. My guest is uh, Ben Morchek. He is the owner, a local owner right here in Albuquerque, which is important because remember, one of the most important things about local businesses is they give you not only the acumen and their services and their expertise, but they give you, Ben, and I think you'll attest to this, access, yes. access. I mean, we, you pick up the phone and uh, we're just down the street and we're there in front of you versus uh, some other uh, companies that may not be located here in the state or headquartered in the state. It's just somebody on a phone that uh, is indifferent about your problems. And, yeah. um, you know, that, that's something that I believe that uh, my company brings to the table is we genuinely care and we'll be there. Yeah. S3 Technology, what is your contact information, Ben? Uh, it's going to be 505-242-5683, uh, s3nm.com. So, again, if you have a cybersecurity issue, particularly if you're a business or a commercial enterprise, something of that nature, even if you're a small business or somebody at home, you can at least give them some direction. Give Ben a call. It's Ben, as in Benjamin, uh, S3 Technology, 505-242-5683. 
So one of the things we've learned, because we're so technology-oriented as uh, the human condition in this place called the United States of America, who would have thought 50 years ago that a cell phone would have, or a smart cell phone would have more power than what the computers that launched uh, Apollo 12 to the moon in 1969. Having said that, cybersecurity compromise issues have risen about, what did you say, 15% annually over the last couple of years, 1-5%? Yeah, it's projected to increase uh, cybercrime by 15% annually, and they're estimating that within five years, it'll be about a $10 trillion a year uh, business. So interestingly, when your business is compromised, in fact, it's interesting since I saw you last, again, Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria, we're with you, excuse me, every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. We're now on all this technology here. Roku, download the Rock of Talk app, and you can actually watch us doing the radio show. But tell your friends to listen, 1 to 2 p.m., 1600 a.m. on the Rock of Talk, Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. Get a hold of me if you'd like to sponsor the show, jeffrey.candy77 at gmail.com. So since I saw you last, I have a company, right? Mm -hmm. And within the auspices or purview of my company, I have a computer that I do some contract work with for a particular company mm -hmm. to keep it secure. Well, yep. guess what? That uh, computer was hacked arbitrarily by some individual or individuals somewhere down the line. Mm -hmm. And they weren't asking for ransomware. They just, whoever they is, just wanted to destroy the computer. Or And so my, my question is, why do these little hacks in their little basements or these entities that destroy your computer in your business, if it's not for money, ransomware kind of thing, which we'll talk about, why do they just, why do they, why do they wreak such entropy and havoc? Um, I mean, it's not like they have any skill in what they're doing. Uh, they're, they're hopping on the dark net and buying the, uh, the payload and doing the delivery. Um, you know, that way they can, uh, in mom's basement while, while they're eating Hot Pockets, they can say, hey, look what I did, Bob. You know, and they can hop on chat boards and Reddit and whatever else and brag about bringing things down. So bringing destruction is something that they are proud of. Uh, in 2022, yes. Um, it's it's taken a dark turn. Um, I, I think maybe they don't have the infrastructure to set up something to where they can get Bitcoin uh, delivered uh, via the ransomware. They don't have the infrastructure to, you know, to have the website that you put in your Bitcoin information and transfer the funds over to them. Um, what we've seen with the uh, Ukraine conflict um, is a bunch of wiper uh, bugs or viruses that have come out. Um, it's suspected that it's come out of uh, Russia and the GRU. And uh, instead of ransomware, where it's going to lock, lock you out of your information, it's hopping onto systems and completely deleting everything that's there mm -hmm. uh, to where you can't recover it, um, which is, it was aimed at Ukrainian um government infrastructure as well as the, uh, the power infrastructure uh, because they wanted to destroy all of it and, uh, and the people's ability to access information and, uh, from the government as well as uh, uh, natural gas, electricity, and everything else. They just wanted to prevent them and uh, punish the Ukrainian people. And it, it got out, and it's what you're seeing are uh, kind of the, the ripple effect of those bugs coming out in the wild, people acquiring them, and then running the payload here in the United States. So within the context of understanding how these 
sometimes they're they're pernicious, evil, malicious enterprises that are actually geared toward trying to compromise somebody else's system and then in turn asking for holding that company hostage so they want they want a return called ransomware. But there are still these other little goofy nerd guys in their little basements eating Cheetos that just for the purposes of bringing havoc, kind of like when I was a kid, because I call out my own hypocrisy, my brother and I would have BB guns and sometimes we would shoot windows. So again, I'm not proud of it, but we did. So that was our little way of, 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 of creating havoc. We shot somebody's window out with a BB gun. So that kind of mischievous behavior as a teenager, thank God I grew out of, but these little nerds eating Cheetos somewhere and wherever they're at, uh, Siberia, Tunisia, Morocco, mm-hmm. they're doing the same thing with a BB gun in a sense, wreaking havoc just for the purposes of, of putting forth some destructive behavior. Well, I, I think that uh, some of the younger ones that are just getting into it, um, because they've never created anything, because they don't own anything, they don't respect anything. Yeah. And some of them destroy things that they don't think about the repercussions. Yeah. Um, and some of the other uh, groups that are doing this, they're actually state-sponsored um, to where uh, North Korea, uh, China, and Russia, um, they have departments that are built just for this, and it's another revenue stream for the uh, country. Yeah. That would be more for the purposes of ransomware. Yes. Holding a country... Uh, an enterprise, a manufacturing plant, a commercial enterprise, wherever, mm-hmm. hostage, right? And we saw this recently. Again, Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. We're with you every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. My guest is Ben Morchek. He is the local here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, owner of S3 Technology. He's an expert in dealing with these, these kinds of cybersecurity threats. His phone number is 505 242 5683, give him a call. He will give you his access, his expertise. So an example that we faced here in our community recently, remind our listeners, Ben, was Bernalillo County was compromised and APS was compromised. So from a pragmatic, practical perspective, what did that mean to the average mom who has a kid who's in eighth grade at, you know, uh, Jefferson Junior High or something? Uh, it just basically meant that they, you know, they didn't go to school for a couple of days. But um, you know, the other side of it is, was it just ransomware, or did they go through the records of the children and get social security numbers, date of birth, um, you know, and other critical information? We don't, we, we don't have any. So say that. that again. Whomever perpetrated this crime against APS, it wasn't just the inconvenience of okay, little Jeffrey's got to be with mommy for two days, but possibly, and we're saying possibly, mm-hmm. little Jeffrey's eighth grade social security number or his date of birth or any of those, that information could have been compromised. It could have been exfilled, yes. I mean, you know, if they got into the system and encrypted everything, who's to say that uh, they didn't leave something behind that didn't exfil uh, information? I mean, a lot of the times when somebody's compromised, uh, nobody knows uh, for six months to a year that it's actually, there's something in your network. It's spying on you, sending information out, um, logging keystrokes, uh, whatever it may be. Logging keystrokes. Yes. So that's another thing that I want you, Ben, to remind our listeners. When persons go on to their computer, there are technologies 
that can't identify exactly where you logged in? Is that, is that what I'm hearing you say? Absolutely. Where you logged in, uh, the keystrokes that you made. Um, so you go to bankofamerica.com and you put in your username and your password. It's ca capturing all of the keystrokes. Um, they can take screenshots of, say, your bank account information that shows your account and uh, routing information should you go to that web page. Um, so, you know, it, it's, you think you're safe behind your keyboard, but you're actually not. That's why it's important to have things like the antivirus um, on your machine and scanning, you know, on a regular basis is to, in the hopes that you can find this. You, you can't always find it. They have things called zero day viruses and bugs uh, that, that are out there that aren't reported and nobody knows about them. Yeah. That's why folks listening to Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria, particularly if you own a business of any consequence, you need to have an orientation with somebody like Ben as you're setting up your infrastructure or even quarterly or yearly, have somebody like Ben do an inventory of your system and all the precautionary measures that you either have in place or that you should have in place because no offense, but Ben knows where the bodies are buried. He understands all of this and you need somebody like him as a resource Again, my guest has been Morchek, uh, S3 Technology. He's not only a sponsor of my show, but uh, he owns uh, S3 uh, Technology, an expert in all of these issues, cybersecurity, but mostly prevention uh, of cybersecurity issues that do happen at an alarmingly growing rate. His phone number, 505-242-5683. So a couple of other things we talked about are... The, the fact is your company might be compromised. Mm -hmm. Now you are the held hostage, but there's also the consequence of having to reestablish your system and the expense associated with all of this havoc, right? So talk a little bit about the expenses sometimes that companies that you see every day have to, that weren't budgeted, have to put forth to just recalibrate where they were. Well, a lot of insurance uh, companies or insurance agents will actually tell a company that they need to have X amount of Bitcoin in reserve uh, on the not if, but when you're compromised. Um, you know, so the important thing is to have for a business anyhow, and it applies to an individual, is to have a backup and a backup that's offline that can't be uh, accessed. That way, when you're compromised, um, you don't have to pay the money. You just restore the critical systems. Yeah. Um, how much does it cost to restore um system that's been ransomware and you don't want to pay, if you've got a good backup, it's just a few hours of downtime. If you don't have a good backup and you don't have access to the Bitcoin, you essentially have to start over with a lot of your information, which um, the impact is going to vary depending on the business. Yeah. Not only that, but you have to suspend your business, which means you're not being productive just in order to make this happen in the first place. So even just the lack of production for a period of time there's a consequence to that. I mean, let, let's say your uh, your overhead and payroll alone a month is a hundred thousand dollars, and you're down for a week, and nobody's producing. Um, so you're you're paying individuals to basically get nothing done, um, and then your and your client base they're not getting a said product, and so it's it's a kill. You know, it's, it's a kill shot that you've got all this money going out, and you effectively have nothing coming in. Yeah. Depending on your business model, I mean, it could be crippling. If not, uh, it'll put a uh, individual out of business. Yeah, that's why it's important to really understand the the tentacles, the multifariousness that is cybersecurity. 
something you wanted to talk about are some recent uh, episodes that have taken place. One of them is the Toyota supply chain attack hack. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Um, well, they it hasn't been uh, announced officially if it was a hack or if it was an attack. Somebody clicked something they shouldn't have and everything got ransomware. But it was bad enough that they, they ceased uh, operations at 14 different plants in Japan um, until they could get around it. And you, you think uh, of how large Toyota is. Um, what did they do for uh, Tacoma's? I think in 2019, they sold a quarter million uh, Tacomas just alone. And then everywhere you look, there's Tacoma's a Tacoma's a truck. Is yeah. that right? Okay. You know, so they're, they're, they sell a lot of uh, vehicles. And if, if they're going to close down 14 plants just in Japan alone, I haven't seen reports of uh, the plant in Mexico or anything. Uh, you know, that's in the billions potentially of an impact. Yeah. And that it wasn't uh, determined as to what uh, initiated or precipitated the uh, the the attack. So their computer system was somehow compromised? Is somehow. That essentially? The, the actual details of it haven't come out. It, it's either they don't know or they don't want to say. Um, yeah. My guess is they don't want to say so that it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Um, you know, something similar happened to NVIDIA. They make a lot of graphics cards for uh, gamers. And then Samsung, we all know Samsung, um, they were breached as well. You know, they produce phones, washing machines, dishwashers, refrigerators, uh, you name it. You know, they're compromising. We're talking, th- th- these are companies that they're at the very top of their game and they've been compromised. If it's that easy for the hackers to get to them, how hard do you think it's going to be to get to Joe Bob's uh, plumbing? Yeah. You know, it's uh, everything is at stake at this point. That's a good point. If somebody like Toyota, a brand that's global and pervasive to every form of transportation uh, throughout various populations in the world, if a company like that can be compromised, I mean, your small business, to your point, you know, John's Plumbing or Jeffrey's, you know, fishing rod shop mm-hmm. can certainly be compromised as well. And again, those kinds of security breaches, we should care as consumers because when Toyota is breached and they stop production, they're not selling, they've got to re engineer their infrastructure, computer infrastructure, and so forth. Ultimately, what that means, based on last I checked how capitalism works, they may raise prices on those Toyotas. Again, you the consumer, me the consumer, we care because cybersecurity attacks ultimately mean that we may have to pay more for those products. Uh, more for the products, uh, the the companies uh, that produce X, uh, they have to spend more money on infrastructure pr- to protect it. Typically, you know, when food cost goes up, um, cheeseburgers go up. You know, when minimum wage goes up, your cheeseburger is going to cost more. So if it's going to cost more to uh, secure a perimeter of a business, uh, typically the consumer is uh, going to be impacted by it. Yeah, absolutely. Again, folks, I, I really try to remind everyone here on Jeffrey Candelaria Straight Talk, read Adam Smith, The Wealth of Nations. It was written the same year we were founded as a country. Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration in 1776. Adam Smith, The Wealth of Nations, it talks about the most basic rudimentary construct that makes up economics, supply, and demand. Once you understand that basic construct, you will understand why potato chips cost more, why gasoline costs more, while this cell phone costs more, while this pen, which is made of plastic, ultimately made of fossil fuel material, why it costs more. 
And part of it is when a company shuts down, it's not producing, right, Ben? Mm-hmm. Two, uh, some of those staff people that were working in those companies are not the same staff that were there pre-Chinese virus, mm-hmm. so they may not have the same expertise or efficiencies. Three, it's hard to get complete 100% staff that was there before. And four, you've got this other layer of cybersecurity on top of all that. Yeah. Everything else is more expensive that company has to pay for. It's no wonder that the world is experiencing in various uh, manifestations, various versions of economic collapse. Well, I mean, I, I've got an engineering client that does a lot of work for the government. And I was speaking with the owner the other day. Uh, and they, they've had a structural engineering job open for three years that they can't fill. Uh, they just lost uh, two more engineers to, uh, to the government. Um, and, you know, she's not very hopeful about uh, filling the position. You know, um, a lot of my clients have a similar problems, whether it's a dealership or a doctor's office. They can't put a body in the seat. Yeah. And so, um, and even if they do, you have the turnover problem. So you may be able to train them up, but then the person disappears for a better opportunity or a change of circumstances and you bring another body in. And maybe uh, culturally, you haven't been able to get them to understand why security is so important. Yeah. And they get an email from uh, the IRS who isn't going to send you an email saying, give me tax money. They click it and they burn your entire network and you have ransomware. You know, it's the, the biggest liability of, of any organization as well as a household is between the keyboard and the seat. It's the individual, you know, um, companies like, uh, like mine, we can put any, everything in place to prevent the bad people from coming in. Uh, human nature, we, we can't do anything about it other than educate them. Yeah. Um, you know, and if we don't get in front of that new staff member soon enough, they could damage uh, the network as well as um, the company image. Uh, for instance, they get an email, they click it, that email hijacks their mailbox and it, it goes through all their sent items and replies to everything in there. And this person is a customer facing uh, individual. And then all of a sudden all your customers get an email, they click it, they get infected. Do you think they're going to come back and buy anything from you? Yeah. After they determine that uh, Joe, and I'm sorry to pick on you, Joe, click something that he shouldn't have. And then you're uh, from a PR standpoint, it's a nightmare, yeah. you know, and if say you're a high end uh, car dealership and that something like that were to happen, doctors aren't going to buy cars from me anymore. They're going to go down the street to a competitor. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it that also jeopardizes the, their home network. Maybe they're at work and they click the email that Joe sent and they infect that network, so on and so forth. I mean, it's, it can be a catastrophic uh, consequence. That's why it's important that you have been a Morecheck S3 technology and Albuquerque-based company as a resource in your world, his phone number, 505-242-5683. Curiously, as I was driving up here, I went and got a cup of coffee at Starbucks. So, yes, I did buy some coffee from Starbucks. So, I guess I'm supporting a horrific company, but I like their coffee. Having said that, I received an email from Norton, whatever, Mm-hmm. that I had been charged $287 on my account. Yeah. Well, three years ago, folks, I made a mistake. I actually responded to that email and like a dumbbell, this was three years ago before I met you, mm-hmm. I called the number because I was wanting to interact with the person say, no, this is not a valid charge. Mm-hmm. Well, in doing so, somehow 
He got my phone number. And from that link, like literally a day later, my credit card had been completely compromised. Hmm. So to your, your point, when you receive an email like that, what's the best thing for someone to do? When you see an email that looks suspicious, claiming that they're invoicing your account, what should a person do in, generally in a case like that? Uh, first and foremost, uh, look uh, where, where the email originated from. If it came from Norton, then it's probably going to come from Norton.com. They're not going to send anything to you from Gmail. Uh, you know, uh, just like IRS, uh, IRS.gov. If you get an email, look at the two. It's not going to line up. It's going to probably be some random letters at gmail.com or some other uh, mail uh, system. Uh, the next thing you're going to want to do is actually look at the body of the email and look for grammatical errors, mm -hmm. uh, spelling and things like that, that, that tells you that whoever formulated uh, the email, that they're probably not uh, a native English speaker. Um, and then from there, you know, um, like you did, pick up the phone and talk to them. And you probably get a good idea of whether or not it's legit. Um, you know, I got scammed on Craigslist look, looking for a dog for my daughter and somebody, you know, had Boston Terriers, wherever it was, you know, and so I, I followed up with it, sent, sent a text message. Hey, we're really interested. And, you know, and they sent pictures of the puppy and I was like, oh, great. And, you know, they wanted money, you know, obviously for, for the dog and they were going to, they were going to put the dog on a plane. I was going <laughs> to pick the dog up, you know, at Sunport here. Yeah. yeah. And, um, did the dog have to wear a mask? <laughs> I'm just maybe. kidding. Was this the a democratic dog? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the odd part was in the responses that I was getting, the grammatical errors were so bad. And, right. they were, and so finally I just picked up the phone, you know, and I'm talking to them and I'm like, so what do I need to do? Because at this point I understand it's a con, you know, what do I need to do? And, and then somebody has a very thick Indian accent and I'm speaking to them, you know, and I, I played it out. Where do I need to send it? You know, oh, we need gift cards and things like that. I'm like, oh, great. You know, and so I uh, said, I'll call you back. And then I waited about 15 minutes and they're blowing my phone up with text messages. You know, have you gotten them yet? Yeah, I'm, I'm in line right now buying them, you know, and then speaking with them. And finally, um, when, when they got suspicious of me, I just came out and asked them, what part of India are you from? And they're like, oh, excuse me? And yeah, they stopped the phone call. Yeah. And so I'm um, the air, the carrier that they were said they were using to deliver the a dog. I contacted them and said, you know, here's the ad, here's the group that's trying to use your service as, you know, fraudulently, and here's the information they sent me. So they have an account with you. You probably want to take care of this. Yeah. You know, that, that's an extreme uh, response to that kind of thing. But, you know, I had a little bit of time and I was in a bad mood, so I figured why not. Yeah. So again, what we're learning, again, my guest, uh, Ben Morchek from S3 Technology, 505-242. 5683 is to be vigilant and really try to be aware of how vulnerable we are when we engage in almost any form of technology, right? Yeah. Particularly when we're in a, in a click or, uh, you know, what would you call that, uh, you know, phone tapping or logging in? What did you call it before uh, your computer strokes? Yeah, yeah, key logging. Key, key, key logging, mm -hmm. particularly when you're doing that type of activity, even phone, that there is something on the other side of that. And it may not be, you know, who you think it is in a very credible way. So uh, some other things we wanted to talk about are some basic terminology or nomenclature in the world of cybersecurity. One of them is phishing. And we're not talking about a, you know, a worm and a hook and a, 
rainbow trout, mm-hmm. you know, here at uh, Eagle's Nest, New Mexico. And by the way, it's spelled P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, I believe. So fishing, we kind of heard this word. What what is what is that all about? Uh, it's it's they need your consent to be able to hack you. So it's an email you'll get, and it'll say, "Hey, uh, reset your password." And it, it's Microsoft. Maybe it looks like a Microsoft email, but again, if you look at the two, it didn't come from Microsoft. You click it; it takes you to a website that again looks like Microsoft. You put in what you think your credentials are. What it's doing is saving your credentials, and then it obviously doesn't work. And they're like, "Oh, it's a technical issue. We'll get back to you." But you just gave them your credentials to whatever system. And then if it say it's your bank account, you just gave them unfettered access to your bank account. So, you know, again, it, it's paying attention to the two line. When uh, you see, you keep, you keep continually referring to two. Mm-hmm. Is that the numeral two? Is that a T-O? A T-O. Yeah. At the very top, if you're looking in a mobile device and it'll say it's from Bob and you click Bob's name, it'll show you the email address that it originated from. If you're on a, gen- a normal computer, it, it's, it's very clear who it's from. And it's just paying attention to things like that. We had a client that got the Norton email that you got about two days ago. Same thing. You know, you owe us $300. You know, hey, Ben, is this legitimate? Looked at the two line. Nope. Just go ahead and delete it. Um, You know, and so it's, if you don't do uh, banking with the Bank of Los Alamos, I don't know if that's a thing. And you get an email from them, you probably don't want to click it. Okay. If you get get up. So on the two line, you've got from subject to Mm -hmm. T-O- colon mm-hmm. what should we be wary of there what I'm, should we be vigilant about there on the two line i'm sorry uh, correction from when you're looking at the email you need to look at who it's from obviously from. it's to you because okay, you got from. it yeah um so on the from line you're going to want to click it it's going to have a name it might say customer uh, service customer support click the name and it's going to it's going to expand the email a bit it's going to show you who it actually came from and then from there you make a decision on whether you want to interact with it or go with your gut and just delete it. Uh, but you do not want to interact with it. Simply getting a, a malicious email doesn't infect your computer. Uh, interacting with it does. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what I think it's, it's, it's important to remind our listeners. It's the interaction. Mm-hmm. It's, the resp- it's the engagement. Yes, they, they need us, your consent. It gets us into some trouble. My guest again on Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria is Ben Morchek, S3 Technology, 505-242-5683. Uh, click to infect on web pages. Talk about that. Uh, let's say you're trying to book uh, tickets on Southwest Airlines to go somewhere and you misspell Southwest, but it takes you to a website that looks like Southwest and then you click it and you get a virus. Or you're on Facebook and there's a little ad on the side that says free iPad. There's no such thing. You click it, you get infected. Um, you know, Yahoo is notorious for... Uh, for having bad links on their website and you click it and you get an infection. And so again, they need your consent. Uh, a lot of the times they want to bait you for something free. Uh, nothing is li- in life is for free. So in exchange for that iPad that you're never going to get, click this, get a virus. Yeah. And again, on, on a web page, it's very important that when we're dialing into a, or navigating onto a web page, that we try to be as, as judicious and circumspect and accurate as possible with every letter being case sensitive and all of those kinds of things mm-hmm. on our end, right? Yeah, I mean, best bet, uh, feed wherever you want to go into a search engine and navigate it that way if you're unsure. Okay. Because uh, the, the hacking community, uh, they're banking on you misspelling something. You know, um, you know if it's a three-letter uh, website, it's pretty easy to get to. But, you know, if it's a long one, 
you know, and you mistype one letter, you could go to a website that has uh, malicious content on it. Yeah. My guest, uh, Ben Morchek, another thing we hear about almost as an urban legend kind of thing, uh, after, or just kind of cliche, but it seems to be credible is watch out for attachments to emails. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. I mean, if you get an attachment from somebody, um, that you don't recognize, um, I probably wouldn't open it. Um, if you're, if you're thinking that. You so why are the, why is the attachment so, so deleterious and dangerous? Um, and it, let's say it's a PDF and you get it and there's a virus embedded into the PDF. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, an application, a refund or whatever it may be to try to uh, bait you into clicking it. And so again, we're back to the consent. They need you to do something in order to deliver the payload. You know, something that you reminded us about three months ago when you were on or two months ago, a lot of us have this little biscuit device called Alexa. I believe it's called Alexa. Mm -hmm. And remember, Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria, Alexa, even when you're not ordering it to play a song or look up the capital of Tunisia yeah. or whatever, it's listening to everything that's going on in the ambient environment. So if you have your little Alexia in your bedroom without being too graphic, remind our listeners. Uh, it's an open mic. I mean, that, that's how it open knows. open mic. That you want something. So when you say, hey, Alexa, or hey, Siri, or uh, I'm not sure what Google does, um, the microphone's always sitting there waiting for you to command it. But in order for it to know that a command's coming, the mic has to just sit there and collect. Uh, tech industry, uh, tech companies will tell you that they're not listening, they're not recording, but uh, no. it's They have entire departments dedicated to supposedly reviewing what you're, what you're telling Siri or Alexa so that they can make your interactions more accurate. But, you know, I've seen screenshots of the chat boards, uh, internal chat boards where these people are sending audio clips back and forth, you know, laughing about intimate interactions or whatever it may be. You got about 15 minutes left. So remember your Alexia or whatever version or incarnation of that device you have in your house, uh, be aware that someone is listening. Sometimes there are actually full departments listening to everything that goes on there. So we've since moved our <laughs> Alexias <laughs> out of the bedrooms in our home. Yeah. Uh, another question I wanted to ask that a, a client asked me to ask you, a lot of our computers have cameras yeah. built in to the computers. Is it a good idea to maybe block the camera when we're not making uh, a concerted effort to engage with that camera? Well, I... I read a book years ago and it's called uh, America the Vulnerable by uh, Joel Brenner, who was former NSA. And after reading his book, um, I was that guy that put post-it notes on my camera, on my laptop. And I don't have one on my desktop for, you know, intentionally. Uh, a lot of the newer computers, they have shutters that you can uh, move over to cover it. Uh, you can hop on Etsy and, and buy one um, if there isn't a built-in one. Um, you, so that covers the video side of it, but it doesn't cover the audio side of it. And so, uh, again, we're in that weird place where it could be recorded. A lot of times when you go to a website, uh, it'll ask you, we, we would like access to your microphone and your camera. Do you consent? Um, some people out of the box, it's set to always consent. And so you just never know. Um, 
So it's always a good idea just to, to disable it altogether when it's not in use. Um, I have one on my work computer, a Logitech camera, but I don't plug it in unless I absolutely need it. Yeah. And it stays unplugged, you know, if, because I read the book and I just, uh, it, it scares the heck out of you. We got about 12 minutes left with my guest and sponsor, Ben Morchek, S3 Technology. Again, he's here, he gives you access, local company, a great deal of acumen and uh, expertise in the world of cybersecurity, 505-242-5683. So some of the other pernicious, evil, malicious threats that are going on, wiper work, wiper as in wiper blades, what is, what's wiper work? Uh, that, that's what I talked about earlier is uh, at the beginning of the Ukraine conflict uh, that uh, Russia was basically wiping everything. They were sending viruses into Ukraine um, with the sole purpose of destroying all the information on the system that got infected. Um, so there's, there's three, um, there's wiper work, hermetic wiper, and Isaac wiper. And the thing in common is they're not trying to deliver a ransomware payload to you. They, they want to destroy everything they come into contact with. So it's a different, it's a different tactic or expression of military operation. Uh, you know, 400 years ago, actually it was about a thousand years ago, maybe a little longer, the arrow and bow, not mm -hmm. the New Mexico Indian version, but we're talking about a thousand persons with arrows and bows mm -hmm. that had the capacity to launch an arrow, a thousand, maybe 400 yards into the air that became a, a revolutionary way of changing warfare because yeah. you could launch 10,000 arrows into a area which hadn't happened before so cybersecurity is another military expression of changing the way we fought yeah. or are fighting conventional warfare right some would call it you know fourth or fifth uh, dimension of uh, warfare um something that uh a lot of people can maybe relate to is uh, there was an airstrike or a missile strike uh, in a Western Ukraine uh, airbase about a week ago. Um, and it turns out that a lot of the mercenaries, if you want to call it, or volunteers from out of country, they were on the base, but they didn't turn their phones off. And that's how the Russians knew where the concentration of human beings were Wow! and why there was so much loss. Uh, there's other ones where... Um, so it was a surveillance strategy. Uh, they, they have airplanes up there that just gather electronic signal. Um, you know, we have it all up against the border. You know, another one is um, people on Reddit sending pictures. Hey, I'm in Ukraine with this unit. Um, Russia's figuring out where that unit is based on the geography, maybe yeah. uh, landmarks. Yeah. And they're destroying them to a point where Ukraine is actually telling people, hey, you know, you don't need to be so social with how you're interacting with the armed forces or where you are because, and again, that's another dimension about warfare. Yeah. And so with cyber, what you want to do is you want to shut down infrastructure, power, water, anything else, and you and the ability to communicate. Ideally, if somebody were to go offensive against the United States, they would want to go after the GPS satellites because everything is controlled, our, our missiles, bombs, airplanes, submarines, I mean, you name it, they all talk to GPS. And if you take away GPS, our, our soldiers aren't being taught or they're not taught as much on, on old school ways of combat. And so they, everybody relies on uh, technology. You rely on it. I yeah. rely on it. Sure. And you go out in the woods and you don't have it and you don't know what to do. Um, you know, so th that's why it's another dimension. Of so perhaps it's parallel or akin to someone, oh, my wife and I are going to Tahiti for 15 weeks on social media. Mm -hmm. You just told all the 
criminal element, your house was going to be vacated for 15 weeks. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing, you know, so they're, the Russians, I mean, we're doing it as well. We have uh, our 135s flying on the, uh, the border in Poland, uh, between Ukraine and Poland, um, sitting up there soaking up all the, all the signal there, uh, whether it's encrypted or not, just soaking up everything and then sending it back. And then they take it apart and figure out what's going on and yeah. what's being communicated. And so everything's in the air. And so it can be captured and then it can be dissected. Um, yeah. What you do on your cell phone, same thing. What you do on your wireless network, the same thing. Uh, somebody can just drive up to your business parking lot. And if you don't have a secure wireless ne- uh, network uh, password and, and hopefully two-factor authentication with it, they can get onto your network from your parking lot. Yeah. And before you know it, your information's uh, either being stolen or deleted. Getting back to cybersecurity from a military strategic operational perspective, one of the reasons that Americans should be concerned about what's going on with Russia China, North Korea, maybe Iran to a lesser extent, is cybersecurity at these levels, military nationalized efforts, or at those levels, there's possibilities of dealing with water issues or maybe the grid, GRID issue. I think state uh, Texas is the only state that's not on the grid, but the other contiguous United States are. So potentially ruining our electrical grid or our water systems, right? Our dams and waters. You had mentioned that before, but, you know, remind our listeners why that cyber military pernicious attack on that type of resource can really affect our our daily prosaic quality of life. Yeah. A friend of mine uh, does uh, software for water companies. And um, he stated several times that he's been to municipalities that um, have some of the worst security he's ever seen. They don't have backups. They don't have a firewall. You imagine if um, Albuquerque, if the water shut down, I mean, inside of probably three days, everybody would be, you know, pillaging, looking for water. Um, Same thing with electricity. We rely on it. So if the grid were to go down, how do you pump gas for your car? How, how How does your liquid natural gas get delivered to your house? How do the pumps for the water uh, push the water? You know, it's it's a huge impact. And, you know, Department of Homeland Security sends out regular updates for people that subscribe to it, telling you the very same thing, that our grid is in danger. If they know it's a problem, why aren't they securing it? Because ultimately, in the final analysis, all the dams in a particular state, Hoover Dam, uh, you know, the dam over at Elephant Butte, whatever, there is technology that mechanizes the the ebb and flow of that water yeah. and ultimately that technology is there's going to be a computer somewhere or a series of yeah. computers that can be compromised so we're talking about things as basic as water electricity uh you know we had talked about the truck issue i mean this yeah. whole movement to roboticize all trucks now you're talking about 18 wheelers in 20 years that are all going to be robotic if you will well, those could be compromised. So everything in the final analysis, there's a computer currently attached to almost every aspect of our life that could be compromised. I mean, at, at the end of the day, if a, if a hacker wants in, they can get in. So, you know, your responsibility is to back your data up and protect uh, your bank accounts and everything else, change your password regularly, multi-factor authentication, put as, as many roadblocks in the way to keep your information safe. Yeah, it's convenient. You put in... Um, 
Pookie123 as your password, you know, because it's convenient, it's easy to remember. Well, it's your bank account, you know, it's your financial uh, independence. Yeah. You, you don't want to be lazy about it. Uh, ben Morchek is my guest. He is a local cybersecurity expert with uh, S3 Technology. Give him a call, 505-242-5683. Got about five minutes left. What are some of the things we didn't talk about that you think we should visit? Well, I think, you know, uh, when I talked about state-sponsored, there's a group called Conti that's Russian state-sponsored by the GRU. And just to put it into perspective, like how much money from April 21st, 2017 to February 28th, 2022, they received 65,498 Bitcoins, which equals uh, $2,707,466,220.29. Wow. And that's just in ransomware. And that's Russian backed. So, you know, it's probably, you know, going to the oligarchs or whoever it is that actually are sponsoring this. You know, and so, I mean, these are real numbers, you know, and, and the impact. And it is a, it's a whole, it's an economy all on its own. Um, that you, you're the target, your business is the target, your government's the target, and they're just monetizing it. Yeah. And not, not to go on a tangent, but all these talking heads always talk about oligarchs and all the, an oligarch is kind of a high level bureaucrat in a sense that surrounds somebody like Putin, not to go off on a tangent, but. I hate when these talking heads don't define, they assume everybody knows what an oligarch is. An oligarch and, is um, over there, you know, like a corrupt person that got, you know, his, uh, his or her hooks into gas. Uh, here in the United States, it would be like uh, the CEO of uh, Facebook. Yeah. CEO of Twitter. Those are oligarchs over here. So people that have enormous power and influence over a particular industry or whatever it might be, even I would argue somebody like Pelosi is an oligarch but they have power and influence over a certain aspect of a population. Yes. And a lot of times the word oligarch has, you know, they've compromised themselves and engaged in some illegal activity in order to have achieved or sustain the achievement of that power. Your contact information got about a couple of minutes left. Uh, ben Morchek with S3 Technologies, 505-242-5683. Uh, you can find us at s3nm.com. You know, again, as we conclude, one of the biggest things that really concerned me about this incompetent President Biden is when he talked about the food shortages that are going to happen. And again, that's partly a function of supply chain and every food, whether it's bread, whether it's egg, whether it's dairy, whether it's meat, whether it's vegetable, whatever it is, there's a computer system attached yes. to growing uh, distribution, shelving, and ultimately purchasing of that item, right? Yeah, it's a national security interest, our food. Um, we shouldn't be relying on other countries for our food. I mean, we've got all this amazing land. Why are farmers being paid not to farm? Yeah. You know, I, I just don't understand it. I, I view our, our food supply chain and as well as our normal supply chain as a national security interest, and we should be protecting it. And all these people that want electric cars, okay, fine. How are we going to transition all the farmers across our country alone who are reliant on all this machinery that's based on either diesel or, you know, fossil, it's all fossil fuel for energy? How are we going to transfer all of that equipment, all that infrastructure? I mean, all these dumb progressives, I don't ever hear a plan to talk about that part of it. They talk about your car, my truck, your motorcycle. 
but they don't talk about that enormous infrastructure that powers all of our food, you know, growth and distribution and so forth. Well, I mean, California, you know, they have, they have some of the most, uh, for population for EVs, but they have, like we have here in New Mexico, days where you can water, they're getting to a point with electricity for rationing that you're being told not to charge your vehicle. So how do you call your boss or I don't know, how do you get your child to daycare if your battery's dead in your car and you can't get to work? You call your boss like, didn't charge my car or uh, the dog ate the extension cord. I can't get to work. Or if you're an older person and you have a doctor's appointment set that it took three months to get to and it's, you're not, it's not your day to go, but you're 73 years old and you don't have anybody to help you other than maybe your car, you can't get there. That's why all these... These damn progressives, you know, they have all these idealistic ideas, but do they really think of think them out, extrapolate them out into the into the real world, and also consider the unintended consequences? I surmise mostly no. I mean, uh, you know, back in back in the eighties, I was told about you know recycling, how the world's going to end, you know, and everything else. And I think this is my version of uh, the nineteen eighties, is what we're living in now. And there are some good solutions they're proposing, but a lot of them are not good solutions. Well, the population explosion, remember 1970, the world's going to end. You can fit the entire U.S. population in Connecticut and still have room to have a huge lake. All right, folks, uh, Ben Morchek has been my guest. Give him a call. Thank you for sponsoring, Ben. S3 Technology, 505-242-5683. Thank you, Eddie Aragon. Thank you, Eric. This is Jeffrey Candelaria, Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. And I want to thank you, Jeffrey, for bringing Ben in. Very interesting, compelling information. It seems not only is Big Brother watching, but he's listening and watching our keystrokes. So thank you very much. Absolutely. And want to thank Jeff for bringing these people in into the Kiva. Uninterrupted information. The way we do it here on 1600 AM, abq.fm and the rock of talk dot chat stay tuned next for liberty lovers thank you for us